Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time, nine-year survivor of cancer. I'm the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends. And when I have time, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Before we get started with our guest today, I want to tell you listeners that I'm going to do something that I'm super excited about coming up soon, and I need to hear from you. I about once a quarter, I would like to do a listener stories episode. I don't know if you're familiar with other podcasts, but a lot of them, they have their listeners write in. I really want to hear your inspiring stories. So if you have something out there, you know, short, you could write down that would take about five minutes, 10 minutes, send it to me. I would love to read them on air because there's so many super superheroes out there. So just wanted to shoot that out there. But please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. So let's get started for today. This week, my guest is my BFF, Yang to my Ying. Yes, we know that's wrong, but that's a whole nother story. And the woman who is the silver lining to my cancer journey. She's going to be a regular on the show going forward as her breadth of life and cancer knowledge is amazing. Plus, she is my partner in crime and we could do this all day. Welcome Yvonne Nydigger, Director of Programs at Best Friends. She's going to talk to us today about how to nurture yourself through nature. That's a tongue twister and I'm sure I'm going to get it wrong today, so bear with me. But this is a subject that I know very little about, and she's trying to teach me. I'm hoping that one of these times it will stick. Every now and then, she just comes over with a plant. It's like, here, you can do it. (laughs) So, Yvonne, welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself today? Oh, thank you, Michelle. That was so sweet. And yes, it's um, it's an interesting connection she and I have um, between our work environment and our, our lives outside of work. We've become sisters from another mister because we <laughs> certainly, I always laugh and say she shares, she, we share a brain cell and she gets about 90% of it. So yeah, it's fabulous. But thank you for having me on the show again today. Um, this is a topic I love. And um, my story, just like yours started as a woman who had been diagnosed in cancer. I was diagnosed in 2010 with stage three breast cancer, and I'm excited to say at 11 years, I'm doing great, growing strong, and now doing my best to help other women by providing emotional support through the Breast Friends organization and connections with women who I think only women who get it completely understand um, how important it is to have these opportunities like this show to not only hear important topics, but to also hear from two women like you and I who have been down this road and know, know the ins and outs of it backwards. So thank you again for having me here today. Well, thank you for being here. And as you said, it's super important because you and I have chosen to embrace what cancer has brought into our lives. And by doing that, we've learned a lot and you've been doing it a lot longer than I have. So, but just the knowledge and the compassion and the everything that goes into being a support person for someone who goes through cancer is, it's amazing. It's Mm -hmm. also hard, but you know, we're here hopefully to make 
things a little less hard. And today we're talking about something fabulous. And I know this is just right up your wheelhouse. And so you you have a green thumb. You have you have a green every, you have a green everything. But what is it about nature and plants and flowers that all things green and blossoming that really appeals to you? Why, why is it your one of your callings? Well, I think living in the Pacific Northwest, you know, we're blessed with four seasons, and that in itself is enough to get anybody out in the yard, even you. I know, but it ah. is it. <laughs> But I think really what it comes down to, and I think there's a great quote that um, Audrey Hepburn said, and it was, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. And I think that just resonates not only to um, what we're going through right now in the world, but um, for people going through a diagnosis of cancer to find hope to find life, to find a sense of clarity and joy. Um, these are all words that, you know, tend to resonate really well in the garden. And, you know, finding that space and turning it into some, a space of healing is, is kind of what we're going to be talking about today. I love that. Thank you. So why don't we start with the definitions of what we're going to talk about? So how do you define nature? Well, I I love to go to the dictionary. It's a strange old resource that we used to use all the time. (laughs) Uh, And and it really is interesting because you go back to the history of a lot of these words and uh, the fact that they still are so um, timely is really amazing. And the definition of nurture, you know, the definition of nurture is to process the process of caring for and encouraging the growth or development of someone or something. And then you look at the definition of nature, and it's the phenomenon of the physical world collectively, plants, animals, landscapes, and other features and products of the earth. And, you know, you take those two words, and you look at the possibility of taking that that beautiful space, that collective universe, and you have really a circle of of an opportunity of healing, you know, not only for um, the healing of our bodies, because of course, you know, we have things that come from the earth that, that support us and sustain us, but also our spirits. And it's, it's kind of a, an inescapable opportunity to take a moment when you are working with nature to sort of feed yourself collectively, but also kind of quiet the chaos in your world and, and strengthen your resilience um, while you're working and, and digging in the dirt and being around, just being around nature. That, that's, that's really a lot to take in. Thank you. And <laughs> I, but I, I love how you talked about how they work. They work so well together because for me, I'm not someone who's really ever been a huge nature person, but I've been learning through you how to use them and the different ways to really have it to nurture my soul. And, and that's, it's huge. And that's why we're here today to talk about that. Um, but how do they really work together to provide healing opportunities? Cause you said a lot, you know, very, ethereal definitions, but how do they physically just, how do you work them together? 
Well, I think a lot of it comes down to um, taking different different sections of nature and figuring out how to bring them into your world. A lot of people live in urban America, and they're and and excuse me, I know we're being heard internationally as well, but they live in urban settings, and they may not always necessarily have an opportunity to be out in the garden or to be even necessarily out in nature, so to speak, on a regular basis. So, you know, that's when we start talking about how do we introduce those amazing things called house plants. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, that's that's a that's an opportunity to bring nature into your own personal space. And you know, I think that is, you know, when you start talking about how do you take baby steps towards incorporating this concept into your lives, that's a really great way to start. So which is really funny because for me, I as we talked, I think of nature as outside. I definitely don't think of it as in my house. But I have been in your house and there are there are plants everywhere and <laughs> beautiful things and, and just different rooms and you've you've made centerpieces out of plants and accent pieces and I know they they provide healthy um, what is CO2 they give us back? Mm-hmm, right, we give them right. oxygen, they give us, or no, we give them CO2, they give us oxygen. Yes. There yes. we go. That's how my cancer brain works. Um, <laughs> and so I don't have a green thumb and I'm working on that. <laughs> um, I took a count the other day and I think I actually, I thought I had 10, but I actually have 12 live plants. In oh my, my gosh. Oh my gosh. I think that's fabulous. That's one of those things that, um, you know, and, and, and I actually have, have seen your houseplants and you are doing a very, very good job. <laughs> there, were, there were a couple of them that I felt I wanted to come over and have a little conversation with because I was kind of afraid for them for their very lives. But no, <laughs> seriously, you've done a really good job. And I think what people forget, and, and there's a variety of reasons that we have houseplants. You know, the first one that comes to mind is they are decorative and they are cheerful. And there's something wonderful about seeing a plant that makes you feel good. Um, and they also have a tendency to be that thing that can fill a, an ugly corner. You know, have you ever had mm-hmm. a space that you just needed something to go in that spot? And yep. people are always going, you know, I need something there. I know I'll put a plant. And and, I, and that's absolutely fabulous. But the other thing that, that I love is that, you know, somebody like me has given you a gift. Mm-hmm. And your first thought when that person hands you that plant is, oh, my God, I hope I don't kill it. So oh, 100% with me. And it's very true because I, I was looking at all the plants in my house and seven of them are from family or friends who moved away and couldn't take their plants. And they're like, here, take my plants. I was like, oh, God, that's such a responsibility. Yeah. But yeah. I've, I've managed to keep them all alive. Yay. Kudos to me. Um. But I know in addition to, you know, decorative, blocking that ugly corner and and they're beautiful, I know there are some indoor plants that have great healing elements to them. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And it's fascinating. You know, if people want to research, um, I highly recommend going on Pinterest. Uh, what would we do without Pinterest? Seriously, it is like we that. have a lot more time. I'm serious. We have a lot more time, but it's fascinating what you can pick up on Pinterest. And as I was doing a little research recently, I, I was looking for some houseplants for a friend of mine. And 
I found a couple that if you really want some big hitters, because plants can do a lot for us beyond just being pretty. And a couple of the plants that are easy to grow and are going to give you the most benefit, one is the the English ivy. And English ivy is one of those things that you see oftentimes in doctor's offices and dentist's offices and, you know, in the corners of buildings, because number one, they're fairly easy to grow, but it's also an insanely effective air purifier uh, to the extent that NASA, which for heaven's sakes, if NASA takes the sign, the time to study plants. Mm-hmm. I think we need to take it a little more seriously. But NASA named it as number one number the number one best air filtering house plants that we can have. Um, and as you already mentioned, plants are able to suck up um, not only to bring in the, the CO2 and give us back oxygen, but they also are able to suck up carcinogens like smog and secondhand smoke. Now in Oregon last year, um, all of you may have heard because it did make the national news and the I'm sure got all the way across, across the pond, so to speak. But we had the number one worst air quality because of fire in our area Mm -hmm. for an entire week. And when you go through something like that and you realize that walking outside and breathing this toxic air um, to be able to have something in your home that's helping to filter that out. So if you do live in an urban area where you are subjected to um, any of the, uh, you know, car emissions, any of those sorts of things, having something like this in your home is terrific. And another one that's great is the peace lily. And I love peace lilies because, again, they're that thing that when you grow it, you go, oh, my God, this is fascinating. The thing looks like something out of outer space as it's mm-hmm. growing. But it's beautiful. And with the, the peace lily, they've discovered that, again, not only are they great with the carbon monoxide, but they also handle mold spores. And this is something that a lot of people deal with. You know, when you talk about allergies, Mm -hmm. um, indoor allergies are oftentimes caused by molds. So, you know, if you are experiencing allergies in your home and you live in especially a rainy area where there's a possibility that there might be a little bit of mold around your windowsills, um, it's a great plant to put by a window. And the darn thing is practically bionic. You cannot kill it. So, yeah, another good one I to have. accept that challenge. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know there, there's another plant that I, I am very familiar with because I've personally used it many times back in the day when I was purposely trying to get a tan and I ended up with a nice burn, and that is aloe vera. And yeah. I know that it can be inside or outside, but it's... I've we've talked about this previously so tell us tell us the about the amazingness of aloe yeah, yeah. Aloe's funny because it all it doesn't it does not just come in a jar in the the um, pharmaceutical <laughs> department of your grocery store, and it's interesting because there's a variety of different aloe plants available. But aloe used to be referred to back in the days of you know ancient Egyptians called it the plant of immortality, and they actually um, there are uh, different groups uh, again through history that used to hang aloe over their doorways to ward off evil spirits. <laughs> so. 
you know, there's always been that connection to the fact that aloe provides something in it that is very healing. But what I found really fascinating is that uh, not only does aloe purify the air and admit oxygen at nighttime, it's also been thought to um, do enough of a good job that it can help people sleep. Hmm. So I think that's where the, the evil spirits go away because people aren't waking up cranky in the morning. So their spouse probably said, you're not nearly as evil as you were before we got this plant in here. So yeah. And what was really cool, and I think everyone out there who's gone through cancer will appreciate this fact. Uh, it, they did studies on uh, the memory of mice, which don't you love all those crazy studies? And they found that mice who were, who were introduced to aloe um, were able to remember things easier. So it, if it helps a mouse, it's got to help oh chemo brain. <laughs> Yeah, I have to go get some aloe today and put it next to my bed because number one, I don't sleep for crap. And number two, my memory is shot. Yeah. So. And, and it's, uh, you know, that the other thing we all know about skincare and that's of course something, but it is an antibacterial and antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. It has different bioactive compounds that include vitamins and minerals. Um, they, people will use this for um, stomach issues. You can actually drink the gel and water. I mean, obviously you need to consult and make sure you've got the right amount, but it's... It will help with constipation and acid reflux. It actually coats the esophagus. So, you know, and the last thing that I think is fabulous is it has all of those great vitamins in it that will help it prevent aging. Oh, Hello? amen to that. <laughs> Sister, woohoo! <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm turning 50 this year, and oh. every day is a blessing. And, yeah. you know, age is something we do, but we are here and we, we are given the blessing to age. So, you know, if you're thinking about aging and getting older, just remember it is a blessing to be here. So, sorry, my little, my little soapbox for a moment. Love uh, it. Love it. <laughs> get out the yellow. <laughs> I, I literally am going to go out and get some today. Um, but it's, yeah, it definitely sounds like we should all have that aloe handy. And I know we're, we're going to jump to a break here in just a minute, but how does, how does having the plants around just make you feel? Oh my gosh, you know, houses, indoor house plants, and, and I think we'll talk more in the next segment, but I will tell you that there have been studies done that in hospitals and in places where people are recovering from surgeries, there is actual scientific data that shows that people will heal faster, will recover emotionally quicker, and especially people who are managing any type of depression, having houseplants around you are going to give you that boost um, that really, unfortunately, we can't always get without something in the home that is alive next to us. And many people are out there mm -hmm. who don't have that opportunity. So yeah, no, it's, it's amazing what they can do. So my, my, my word to those out there, get plants or get a pet because yeah. they're incredibly helpful emotionally. <laughs> and the plants are a little cheaper. So, hey, what can I say? <laughs> oh, that is true. But one day I'm going to do an episode on how my dogs got me through treatment. Oh, my gosh. And my cats. So it's yes. equal opportunity healer. I've definitely been through that one as well. But yeah, no, I think when you, whenever you have something around you that's alive, that you're nurturing, and that's the real key, nurturing 
when you are nurturing someone else, it takes you out of that space where you feel you don't have purpose. And even if it's just to make sure that cute little plant stays alive or mm-hmm. um, that you have a chance to watch a, 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 a blossom unfurl in your home um, and watch the process from start to finish, that's magic. And I think, you know, if more of us took the time to bring nature indoors from outdoors, we'd probably see ourselves being a lot happier campers, especially during COVID. Thank God for my plants and my animals. You know, I don't have kids like you. So I talk to my plants. Thank you very much. (laughs) We're just going to title this episode Plant Magic. Yes. We do need to take a short break. Remember, you can make a donation to Breast Friends on our website or by texting BF Radio to 41444 to help Breast Friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. I'm Michelle Beck. And we've been talking with Yvonne Nydigger about nurturing ourselves through nature. And we were talking a lot about inside houseplants, and we're going to wrap that up. But I wanted to ask, did you have anything else you wanted to add about about? Um, that kind of nature. Yeah, actually I did. I was uh, working with a woman a few weeks ago and she was, uh, we were talking a little bit about going through COVID and being isolated and she uh, did not have an opportunity to be with her family. And she said that 
she had had an experience that was really kind of a of a, of a saving grace for her. Uh, a friend had given her an orchid plant, and as with so many of us, the beautiful blooms early in the the process had all died, and she um, spent a lot of time looking at leaves, thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is really pretty, and it's never going to bloom again." And she said. She had the most amazing thing happen one morning. She woke up and there was um, a start on her plant. And within a matter of just a few weeks, she had a number of different starts coming on. And and she decided she was going to move that plant into a window where she had pictures of her children and her grandchildren, none of which she'd seen for almost a year. You know, so many of us went through that. And she said she put that plant there and every day she would walk in and every day another blossom would open. And it gives me goosebumps to think about it because she was telling me this and she said, just watching that orchid plant come to life before her eyes, right there next to her children and her grandchildren, she said it was watching life. And she Mm -hmm. said she'd missed so much of life being isolated during COVID. And whether it's isolation during COVID or isolation during cancer, um, she said she, she almost felt like she created a shrine. And it was this sense of family and unity and renewal and life and hope. And she said that that beautiful plant and those gorgeous, and she actually ended up with a dozen blossoms, which wow, was that's really incredible. Amazing. I know. Kid. I know. And I think really it was the mojo that she was putting in with it. But again, I think if we think about plants as being more than just something that hides that corner of the room or that someone's given us and we have to try to keep alive, but they're really synonymous with health and with mindfulness and with an opportunity to connect with something much bigger than we are, um, it might help us managing whether it's COVID, cancer, or any other crisis that we're going through in a way that we've not looked for. So yeah, yeah, it was a great story. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So I think we're going to wrap it up inside and let's move outside now. So nature literally nourishes us bounties of vegetables and many of these things we can grow in our backyard well other people can (laughs) (laughs) and i've heard you refer to vegetables as sunshine on a plate let's talk about that yeah yeah and sunshine on a plate is a great visual um we we've all been told to eat our vegetables and that we need a healthy serving of vegetables and fruit but i think we think of them as as what we put in our mouth but not so much what fuels our our soul um when you look at a ripe strawberry when you look at um crisp lettuce when you look at the colors the spectrum mother nature gave us the perfect encouragement to eat foods like this. You know, you you think about um, what are the things that give us the most pleasure in life, and oftentimes they're the things that are the most vibrant in color. We even talk about colors that are in- energizing as being very vibrant. And, and plants, plants have given us a chance to experience that and to bring that to our diet, 
And to do that is to, to give yourself a chance to really encourage um, healthy eating. And we can do that in our own backyard very simply by planting, whether it's a patio plant or if you've got an opportunity to do a raised bed planter and to put in a few things of your own. Again, it goes back to the, the feeling of growing our own. And it really is um, sunshine on a plate to bring it home. Yeah, when uh, we go down and visit my parents' house in California, uh, my stepfather grows tomato plants outside, and my mm. son loves to go pick them, and I tomatoes are like one of my favorite things in the world. It's all I wanted to eat when I was pregnant, and I had heartburn all the time. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's nothing like fresh vegetables, yeah. fresh fruits that that you've, someone, not me, has grown, and it, it just tastes so much better. Well, and that's that's why um, we have farmers markets, and I'll give a blatant plug mm-hmm. to wherever you are um, in in the world. Um, farmers markets do so many things. Farmers markets. Um, now that we're able to, in so many places, reopen again and get back out into public, it gives us a chance to have almost a communal feast of looking at this. I, I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to farmer's markets. I, I've taken my husband before, but I've decided from now on I don't want to take him because all he wants to know is what are we going to get? What are we going to get? What are we going to get? And all I want to do is look and touch and take in everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, going to a farmer's market is the next best thing to being able to actually grow your own. And if you can't get to a farmer's market, at least try to visit whenever possible the correct organic vegetables in your grocery stores. Not everything, but the things that are the things that we're eating, the peels or that are being exposed more frequently to pesticides and things that we don't want to eat. You know, those are all ways that you can still bring that sunshine to a plate without having to grow it yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or for those of you like me who actually hate grocery shopping as well as growing, um, it's amazing that we actually eat sometimes. But there are <laughs> the subscription services. I believe yeah. it's Imperfect Produce. Oh, wonderful. We'll, we'll get you these things right on your doorstep. So that's that's another great, great thing to look at. But if you do want to grow things at home, can you give some tips for those who who want to give that a try? Yeah, one of the things I would tell you, obviously, is do your research. Uh, When you start growing plants, plants are funny. They are pretty accommodating and they'll take just about any abuse, even from you, Michelle. (laughs) But some plants like more sunshine. Some plants need a different type of soil. Um, There really is a reason why they have specific um, plant food out there. So take a minute and make sure that you're doing a little research. Again, I go back to my friend Pinterest, not that you can't hit Mr. Google as well. But there's great resources out there that will help you get the preliminary work done without having to feel like it's all guesswork. And then, you know, what's interesting is there actually are um, plants that um, grow well together and don't grow well together. Did you know that, Michelle? I I, I did know that, actually. (laughs) And and I did, again, I I was doing some surfing, and I found this really interesting because I've done this wrong. Do you know that you cannot plant beets and beans next to each other? I don't or, know. Yeah, I know. Seriously. And car- <laughs> the big one for me was carrots and radishes because every year my husband's planted carrots and radishes next to each other. And every year we don't get any 
carrots or radishes. Mm -hmm. And now I know why. They are an incompatible plant. (laughs) There are compatible and incompatible plants out there. Uh, And for whatever reason, certain plants do not like each other. And if you do, in fact, plant an incompatible plant (laughs) next to each other, what can happen is you'll either get a, a low crop yield or you can actually affect your soil for the following year hmm. so that if you, let's say you learned um, the next year that you shouldn't have put radishes next to your carrots, but you went ahead and planted your carrots in the same spot, uh, that residual radish um, will affect your carrot growth the second year. So you'd want to move those poor little carrots to someplace new. But uh, there are also, uh, which is equally fascinating, plants that are compatible that you would not expect. It's like they like to live in the same Kool-Aid and play in the same sandbox and Mm -hmm. they grow really well together and they can actually be beneficial. Um, Things like uh, you can plant mint near your tomatoes and your cabbages, uh, even if it's nearby, it doesn't even have to be right on top of them. Though I always recommend if you're going to plant mint, put it in a pot because mint is invasive and you'll have an entire lawn of mint before you you blink. But putting a mint plant near um, your tomatoes and your cabbages will enhance the flavor of the tomatoes. It's not going to make it taste like mint, but it'll actually, whatever's in the mint causes the tomatoes to have a better flavor to them. And um, thyme, which you can be any kind of thyme, if you plant thyme with your potato plants, you will get fewer pests so you won't have the little monsters that go in in there and burrow into your potatoes. And um, arugula likes to live with cucumbers, but don't plant it with your strawberries because strawberry and rhubarb are arch enemies. They're like the superhero and the anti-superhero and you will not get any fresh strawberries if you do that. So, you so yeah, it's a rhubarb. Yeah, no, to strawberries and arugula. Okay, sorry, I thought I, I misheard you. <laughs> That's okay. You never know. Arugula, rhubarb, it's all yeah. in the same family, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a big fan of either. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, again, working outdoors, being in your garden, learning a little bit more about what you're doing, making your garden space not only accessible, but beautiful is going to give you a lot more joy. And I think the more joy you have gardening, nobody likes to go out and weed. But if your space is beautiful, going out and clearing the space feels different than weeding. So creating a space that feels joyful to you. It's all about perspective. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. And so I need to give you huge kudos now because for those of you who don't know Yvonne, she has created a sanctuary in her backyard with a variety of spaces. They're all beautiful, but very different. And I know you and your husband spent hours and hundreds of hours in your yard last year, (laughs) renovating it and just making it incredible, just an oasis. And I know that this was really a light switch for you. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, you know, in in my work with women going through cancer, I'm always telling them that, um, you know, kind of utilizing Martin Luther. Martin Luther King's quote about the only way to come out of darkness is to find the light. Um, We talk about utilizing light 
or light switches to come out of those moments of darkness, um, darkness that can happen from um, depression, anxiety, fear. Um, those are things that tend to drive all of us into a very um, isolated space. And what I teach my women is to choose things in their lives that give them light. Um, and it can be anything. Now, for myself, it happens to be one of my light switches is my garden. But it's not just about choosing something that makes you feel good. It's about giving it power. And the way you give it power is if you are going through a situation that's difficult, take a moment and write out a list of things that give you light in your life, whether it's taking your dog for a walk, listening to music, working in your garden, painting, doesn't matter what it is. It's just whatever happens to give you light. And then write those things down under the heading light switches. And when you're feeling that sense of darkness come over you, you can look at that list and you can choose an item from it. And the difference between this is you have to actually give that thing power. And with power comes an opportunity to go out for myself. Um, I suffer from neuropathy, from chemotherapy. And when I am feeling especially um, either down or have a lot of pain, I know that I can go out in my garden. I have given my garden power over my pain. I can walk outside and say, I need to turn on my light switch and I can start gardening. And my brain recognizes it as a trigger for something more positive in my life. And before I know it, I'm not even thinking about what's going on out there. So yes, when my husband and I redid our garden last year and really put our heart and soul into it during COVID, part of what I was was going after was the fact that I knew during that space and time I was going to need a sanctuary to walk out mm -hmm. into. So yeah, yeah, well, it was a great experience. You've definitely created that. And and you say you redid your garden, but it was so much more than that. <laughs> you, you completely redid the patio and the fence, but all the different spaces, there's so many different spaces where you can be. And I know from being back there, you are very specific about color placement in your yard, you have different yeah. different areas. Tell me about that. Yeah, color placement is a fascinating thing. When you start studying color, um, emotions and color are directly connected. And when you start looking at plants, and obviously the variety of plants, I myself knew that I wanted to have a section of my garden that was very engaging. It was filled with joy, that had happiness, that had um, energy. So I, I knew I had to look at the things that were reds, that were purples, that were pinks, all those vibrant colors, turquoise. Um, and so I also knew that I wanted to have a space that was very calming and soothing. This is the Gemini in me. I had to have a little <laughs> bit of both worlds. So we split our garden in half. And the half of the garden that was very soothing and calming are greens and soft pale colors and soft pale yellows, very organic, very textural. But the opposite side, if you were to, if you turn to the right in my yard, you see nothing but joy. And I think this is where people can look at their own garden and they can say, all right, what do I want it to say? And start looking at color wheels again on Pinterest and mm -hmm. look at the colors. If you want your garden to represent joy, 
then choose bright, vibrant colors. If you want it to be a sanctuary, an oasis, something cool, something soothing, go to your greens, go to your soft colors. When you look at the definition of green and the color spectrum, it's balance and hope, renewal and peace. And isn't that just what we see when we see green? I mean, those are beautiful, soothing words. So again, think about your garden in terms of what you want it to say to you. And then think about the colors and what they represent. And you can build a sanctuary that fits your specific needs. That's fabulous. And what if people, oh, we're going to have to take a really quick break here soon. But um, quickly, what if people have already planted in their garden? What do those colors mean? Yeah, you know what? And there again, if you've already got your garden in your ground, you think, oh, well, I'm I'm done. I've already got my garden. Go back to that color wheel. I think it's amazing, an amazing opportunity to see what you actually chose because who knows, your, your spirit may have been talking to you when you were choosing your plants. You may not even realize that the plants you chose, the colors that sang to you in the plant store actually represent the emotions that you needed. And maybe let's just say, you know, you're in a space where you're really feeling kind of worn down by cancer and you're so exhausted. Do you know that the color orange represents strength? And what if you went into the garden and you look at your garden, you go, oh my gosh, I planted a whole bunch of beautiful orange marigolds. You were looking for strength. So I think subconsciously our minds and our bodies work together and we sometimes change choose things exactly how we need them. Like we find our friends. So we do need to take a quick break, but please stay with us and we'll be back soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. 
To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our show. I'm Michelle Beck. And we've been talking with Yvonne Nydigger about how to nurture our souls with all of the nature in the world around us. So, Yvonne, we were just talking about color wheels and things like that. Or did we wrap that up? I think so. I think so. I'd like to move. I'd like to move out into the forest now. Perfect. So, we are <laughs> going to talk now about a phenomenon called forest bathing. Somewhat new here in the United States, but it was started back in Japan in the 1980s as a form of nature therapy for weary workers trying to escape their hectic urban living. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, forest bathing, uh, you know, it, 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 I will say not necessarily discovered in Japan because it's something that they can trace back into um, really back to the times before we even had a way of recording things. People have always, and, and from all in different types of cultures, have considered nature to be a space of healing. You look at mm-hmm. the indigenous populations, yes. that is a rite of passage. They send their young warriors out into the woods to find basically their spirit. And um, But what was interesting is in the 1980s, when the um, whole uh, tech industry blossomed, Mm -hmm. so to speak. In Japan, it took over a whole life of its own. And in the explosion of technology, they very quickly discovered that they had an entire population of people who were so um, stressed and so anxious that they had an increase in heart attacks. And there was a, a, a definite turn in the the medical well-being of the population that was working in that particular industry. So in order to find a way to continue to move forward, but to still allow their their people to not suffer so so terribly from what was happening, they started researching more thoroughly into the idea and they came up with the terminology of forest bathing, which uh, I'm unfortunately going to massacre in terms of pronouncing, but it is called in Japan, it's called Shinring Yoku. Um, and it does define out to being forest bathing. And what they discovered, and this was not a discovery that was made easily. This is something that the Japanese actually invested millions of dollars over the years into the um, study of forest bathing. And what they found was that um, if they were allowing their employees to spend dedicated time in the forest area of Japan um, on retreats, uh, as an opportunity to go and actually be with the specific idea of spending time in nature, that there were actual medical benefits that were coming. And over the years, uh, they now have uh, over 67 acres of forest land that's dedicated to forest bathing in Japan currently. So this has been something that for decades they have studied and researched. And I I think it is interesting to see that a population 
was able to take an opportunity like this and really, again, go back to the grassroots of what, through centuries, they had used as a way of healing and found a way to heal a lot of their people. So, um, yeah, the Japanese government has done an incredible job with this. And, you know, I can share, if you'd like, a few of the really specific things that they discovered, if you'd yeah, like. Yeah, what, what does forest bathing do to, to help to help people, anybody? Yeah, well, uh, probably one of the biggest things that they discovered, and anybody who's talked about, you know, being out in nature knows that the air is different. And the reason why the air is different is just like we talked about with indoor plants. Plants outdoors are giving more oxygen to the space. But along with spending more time giving us oxygen, they're doing other things as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But the process of actually expelling um, oxygen creates this wonderful sense of well-being. Um, It's something that they've discovered will actually help strengthen our immune systems. Um, It can support blood pressure levels. So people who have high blood pressure that do forest bathing, um, it reduces stress. It can improve your mood and decrease anxiety. It enhances your brain function and it'll actually reduce the risk of chronic illnesses like diabetes and cardiovascular disease. Um, It reduces asthma, which is kind of interesting because you would think it'd be kind of intuitive. But again, because even though there are plants, the plants are putting out so much more oxygen, so you're Mm -hmm. actually breathing more easily. And there have been studies that they've done that people who've gone through a surgery or have had any kind of an illness recover better when they go out and they practice the art of forest bathing. Well, it's funny, like I was just thinking when you were talking about just the immense amount of oxygen that you get from being out in the forest, it's like in a lot of urban cities, oxygen bars popped up where you would go and you would go. I I never really understood that. Why you would have to go pay for it when you literally could just go outside to a heavily forested place or where, you know, a a plethora of plants and, and enjoy the nature instead of having to hook up to an oxygen line. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is there's a, um, there's a, a substance that's emitted from plants and trees. And, and again, I'm not the science girl, so I'm not going to say this because phytonicides. And oh God, I'm so sorry. All of you people out there that are science nerds, forgive me. But it's an actual chemical that the plant produces. And what that chemical is, is it's what reduces the plant's risk of having bacteria and fungus. And so this this material that it's emitting is actually reducing its chances of having harmful um, materials on it. But what that also does, and they've studied, it actually helps to promote um, uh, the white blood cells called the NK. The NK they're called the they're the natural killers, and these natural killers, uh, these particular blood cells, have been shown to not only work against you know basically everyday situations, but they've also been shown to to help reduce the risk of things like cancer. So again, when they talk about being out in nature, you know, that that's going to keep you quote unquote healthy. There's some science behind the fact that being around 
trees that are emitting this particular um, material is going to produce that NK um, blood cell. And that's going to help you, um, keep you away from that. And cedar trees, oak, pine are just a few of them. But I thought that was really fascinating that, you know, it's not just the plant helping itself, Mm -hmm. but in the process, it's helping us, which is incredible. Thank you. I love that. So what are some of the basic elements of forest bathing? How, how do you, is there a specific way you're supposed to do it? Uh, yeah, and that's the important thing. Number one, leave your cell phone home. <laughs> and, I know, and I know for 90% of the population, that's like, oh, my God, that's extension of my arm. But um, you really Okay, how do. about we leave it in the car at least? Yeah, you can leave it in the car is okay. Or you can carry it and turn it off is fine. But the important thing, because, yes, we do want to have a way to connect with the real world just in case. But we want to turn off our cell phones because, unfortunately, we've become a society that when we go, quote, unquote, out into nature, we take the outside world in with us. Um, we're either texting or we're looking at our phone or we're even just the connection to the phone creates that uh, need to continue to think about all the things that are on our calendar for that day that we need to get accomplished Mm -hmm. or what's the project that we're working on. So having a way to disconnect is incredibly important. And that's probably the biggest change that people need to make. I know myself when I've gone walking, and I'm, my walk is an intentional walk, uh, we do all have these wonderful phones now that track how many miles we've gone and how many steps we've taken. And there, too, um, if you're going on an intentional walk, it's not about how far or how fast or how many calories you're burning. Forest walking is about going into the forest and just being a part of the forest. So it really is a connection. So going in with the idea that you're not going to worry about getting from point A to point B, that you're basically just going in to have this experience disconnecting with the world around you and making a point as you enter the forest, when you're actually starting this practice, you want to have an intention, whether it's, I'm going to enter this forest. It's almost like a mantra. I want to enter this forest and find peace. I want to enter this forest and find stillness. I want to enter this forest and release some of my anxiety, or I need to find forgiveness in this forest. Whatever it happens to be, have an intention when you go in. And as you're setting that intention, breathe into the space, practice deep breathing, those belly breaths as you go into the forest will give you that sense of awareness. So yeah, there's just a lot of things you can do differently to make it an actual forest bathe. And one thing you and I had talked about previously is if you you need to do something with your hands, you can find a leaf that's on the ground or a rock or something and pick it up and carry it with you on your journey. So you're holding a piece of the forest with you, but you need to remember before you leave, you give it back to nature. Yeah. Yeah. And when you give it back, say thank you. You know, acknowledge the power of that piece. Another thing that's a really interesting practice is if you've gone into the forest and you've carried a burden, um, whether it's a diagnosis of cancer or maybe a relationship or maybe there's someone that you need to forgive, um, anything that you might feel is a burden in your life, dig a hole and 
bury that burden, cover it with the earth, and then breathe into the fact that you've released some of that energy that you've been carrying back into nature. And it's surprising how just releasing that little bit of stress into a space that's very sacred can be incredibly healing. And now I figure this is probably a an experience that you should do on your own. Because if you're going out there with someone who's not on the same page, Chatty probably, probably going to be a big bust. Yeah, I tried so, this with my husband once, and that was absolutely hysterical because I'm walking along and I'm stopping and I'm looking at the leaves and I'm looking at the rocks and he's looking at his watch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, are we there yet? And I'm going, well, I'm kind of forest bathing. And he's like, I don't care what you're doing. We need to step it up. So yeah, you know, you if you go into the forest with someone, you need to make sure that you're both on the same page, A. And B, I really encourage, um, again, this is a solitary act, but giving yourself a companionship is fine. Just make sure each of you is honoring each other's sacred space. Yeah, that's super important. And everything about the nurturing through nature today that you've shared with us has been fabulous. We could probably do two other shows on this, but unfortunately, I think that's about all we have time for. Is there any last thought that you would like to share before we're done? You know, I think we have to remember that we have opportunities all around us to connect with a force that has so much more power than we do. You know, something that can throw a plant out of the ground, Mother Nature, nature itself, spiritual quality of nature, whether it's God, whoever you happen to believe in or whatever your beliefs are, there's power all around us. And if we take that time to connect with it, whatever you're going through right now, you can find a great resource for healing. I love that. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here today to share your love of nature with us and, and how it can help in so many different ways. So listeners, go get an aloe plant. (laughs) <laughs> look at look at the colors you've surrounded yourself with and then search it up and try forest bathing because I really want to do that. And my hope is that one day I will have a pale green thumb. Yvonne is going to coach me. Uh, <laughs> but those of you out there, if you or your loved ones need our services, please visit breastfriends.org. And you can also help continue on our mission by texting BF Radio to 41444 to make a donation. The show is available on many platforms, Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, or search Breast Friends wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you would like to nominate yourself to be a guest on the show with me, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. Or if you'd like me to read your inspiring story on the air, please email me as well. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.